You're listening to the No Hacks Marketing Podcast. Each week, we take a deep dive into online marketing topics covering search, content, CRO, social, and performance optimization to help you level up your marketing. No hacks, no shortcuts, only long-term success. Here are your hosts, Slobodan Manich and Katherine Kambau. Hey guys, we're back with another episode of No Hacks Marketing. And today we're going to talk about interstitials, or we often call them or know them as pop-ups, although they're beyond pop-ups. And if you remember a few years ago, mobile interstitials were tagged as a negative ranking factor. And we are recording this early September, and there has been news from Google's John Mueller in some updates about the use of interstitials. Is it now acceptable? Let's find out. Hey, Sobaran, how was your week? Hello. So it's Friday. Let me just explain that to everyone. That's why we always open with how was your week, even though we air, we we launch episodes on Tuesdays. The week has been great. We did some amazing interviews with some incredible people for this podcast. Probably heard them by now. And uh, my allergies are gone. I'm back to running. Things are going pretty well. I'll say that. Yep. Let's how was your week? How was your week? Let me ask. Before that, let's mention that you just had a conversation with John McDonald and Khalid. You have to help me with the last name. I- Khalid Saleh from, from yeah. Invest, yes, and John McDonald from The Good. So we had them on the podcast in two separate episodes. I'm guessing they were aired already by the time you're listening to this one. And yes, those were just amazing guests that we you are have to check them, lucky and fortunate enough. Yeah. Yes, yes, you have to hear them if, if you want to learn about conversion rate optimization, how to get started and, and, and all that you couldn't find people with more knowledge on the topic than those two. Right. And I had a good week also. I think I sent you that random message from LinkedIn. Someone just uh, mentioned that they chance upon our podcast and it's their nice discovery on LinkedIn for the day or for the week. So that always brings smile to to my face. I don't know with you, but apart from that, we also had this it, call. Maybe well, it was late last let week. Me, let me spoil it. It was my fake profile. But it's good. No, but we had another person and we talked to this person who actually listened to the podcast and it resonated with him as a business owner. He, I'm just messing with you. I know, no, but I'm just saying it's, I'm still on high because of that, because that's the whole point. Nice. Why we started the podcast. We want to help other small business owners or other marketers. And it seems like it's working. So that's really good. But back to the topic, we are talking about interstitials. So I want to ask, and I know the answer to this already. Do you love interstitials or do you hate them? I don't love them. Can I stop there? I don't, I, I don't want to go into a rant this early in the episode. Look, I get it. You there have to explain ads. it though. Why you, as you a user, as a user and as a site visitor, let's, let's just say I'm with 100% of the population and I hate them. You know, as a marketer or uh, owner of an ad-driven business or, you know, something like that, sure. There, there's some benefits to having an interstitial. Absolutely, I understand that. And uh, yeah, let's just say that they're not the most pleasant user experience. And this is why Google is trying to influence that in some ways. But as always with Google, just like the Core Web Vitals and Page Experience Update in general... They're tweaking the experience for their users that they're sending to another website. So what they want to avoid is 
Google search, you click a result and you get an ad right away instead of getting the content that you clicked for. This is what Google wants because it wants better experience for its users. It doesn't care about you. Yeah, that's not part of your rant, just just um, to clarify. So That's a fact. That's not a rant. Yeah. Okay, before um, we dive into the main topic, because we love privacy, we have to mention this latest news that EU has fined WhatsApp whopping 225 million euros. That's not whopping. That's not that, that that's, that's pocket that's change. That's pocket for change for, for yes. Yes. That that's one surfboard for Mark Zuckerberg. It, one of the, the flying surfboard. surfboard. Fourth of July thing. But yeah, the reason um why they're charging Facebook is they said they failed to tell Europeans how their personal information is collected and used as well as how WhatsApp shares its data with Facebook. I let me let me cor- let me correct let me correct that they didn't fail to tell that to Europeans they felt failed to tell that to anyone and everyone in the world it's just that I'm they're getting fined in Europe yes and I don't this- that's that's like one of the things I guess there are countries that are you know either Viber or WhatsApp and your my Viber home country, country my home country is the Viber gang yes and that's why WhatsApp was never really that useful for me. I, there are people using it, of course, mm-hmm. but I the fact that work too. yeah, no, I, I know, I know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not judging how you use WhatsApp. I, I don't know, I don't, I don't care about WhatsApp. The fact that you know they failed to tell Europeans, that's not the whole truth here. You know, they failed, they successfully failed on purpose to tell people how they they will be using their personal data. And this is why they got fined $260 million or 225 million euros, since this is a European Union thing. Not nearly enough, if you ask me, but hey, it's a fine. You know, it's It's something, it's a dent. It's a fine. And they also want WhatsApp to tweak its privacy policy so that the communication of how personal data is used and collected should be clear and of course we know the standard response of facebook here they are not they take privacy very seriously of course violating this and never been since they launched this what a few years ago so they are ready to make an appeal that's what the news yeah another thing that they successfully failed to disclose was how they share whatsapp data with facebook so they're not just building if you use WhatsApp, they have either collected connected it with your Facebook profile and you know they know they have some kind of mastermind spy account on you. Or if you don't have a Facebook account, there's those shadow profiles that Facebook has. It, it builds or tries to build on anyone, whether they're Facebook users or not. And ah, enough about Facebook. I can't wait for the day when this pandemic and Facebook are gone. At the same time. Okay, so that was the latest news in privacy. I know that you might listen to this in another time, but it's still worth keeping track of what's been happening in privacy because it's good news. It's good news. That's why we're sharing. We're we're positive here. We we share good news. Yes. Will be affected by this. And that's it with the privacy news. Let's now dive into our main topic. First, I think it, it would be good for all our listeners to define what interstitials are because 
back when I was working in brand, interstitials are more, you know, TV placements, small commercials. But here we're talking about an interstitial is something that is overlaid over most of the web page and requires a click to close it. So it's it usually is often interchange with a pop-up, but it's more than that. You can also see some mobile interstitials that covers the entire web page. So either a pop-up, which is a square in the middle of the page, or the whole thing that covers the page and requires you to either click a link or a close button. So that is what we're talking about here. And we are specifically talking about mobile interstitials. So that said, we should probably take a a walk in history or talk about why in 2016 it was considered as a negative page experience factor. And Google, this was from the old announcement and it still applies very much to this day. What Google said was in Google search, our goal is to help users quickly find the best answers to their questions or to their search queries, regardless of the device they're using. And that is why when something is disrupting the flow from search, all the way to accessing your content, then they mark this as a disruption or as a negative ranking signal. So what are some examples of? Right. So let, let me let me take over there. So some of the examples are a pop-up that covers the main content area. So it breaks the flow from Google search results page to the content that you know the search result was supposed to show. It could be a pop-up that covers the main content area or a standalone interstitial that the user has to dismiss before they can access the main content or you know a layout where most of the above the fold portion of the page is similar to an interstitial but it's actually just an ad that takes most of the space. But the key here is I'm reading this from the Google announcement post in 2016. In Google search, our goal is to help users quickly find the best answer to their questions. Again, you don't matter. This is about Google and its users. You're just supposed to serve their need the best way you can. And look, you can't live without Google if you if you have online presence, if you have a website. So, you know, we have to play by those rules. However, I agree, like, like with anything else that, that's page experience related, what, what a company like Google is trying to push matches what you should be doing for your users anyway. So don't, don't create frustrating flows or you know, breaking, don't break their flow in any way. That's my exact thoughts. Like I'm disregarding Google here, but I've seen a bunch of this pop-ups or this overlays when I'm trying to click a link from the, the search results and I gr am greeted with that. It's so annoying. It, it, I almost want to just do not proceed and find another blog article to, to read. I mean, why? I mean, I understand that people, some blogs operate through ads, but there are better executions to introducing pop-ups or ads. So I, I would have to agree with Google here to make this a negative ranking factor. How, how do you feel about those full page subscribe to our newsletter with a call to action that says, yes, make me smart or no, I don't want to be smart and things like that. Is that would you call that good user experience? Or? We talked about that and that is not I know, really, and I know. I know that should be, I think it will be regulated soon from what I read and it should be because it just doesn't make sense. You're calling your users dumb 
our potential readers down Only if they don't click. <laughs> they, they could be smart. It's up to them, right? You better leave your email. I mean, yeah, if you I know. see that, I, just, I know. just leave that, that website and do yourself a favor. So that is what happened in 2016. What changed in 2021? So does that mean interstitials are now acceptable? There, yeah. there are situations and scenarios where, where an interstitial is absolutely yeah, let's, acceptable. Let's start, we'll, we'll, let's start with that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So everyone's seen a cookie notice or a GDPR notice or anything like that. It doesn't have to take over the entire page. So it's not mm -hmm. really a full screen interstitial, but sometimes it takes more than half of the screen on a mobile device. Right. That is absolutely fine. You can see it at the bottom. So right. you can see it, but it's not disrupting the main um, section of the device. Right. But even if you go to Google, and I'm grabbing my phone as I do, if you go to Google in a browser that hasn't been to Google, which my Firefox Focus hasn't because it forgets everything it does, and this is what they show you as soon as you join. The white thing that you see, you have to accept the terms before you can do anything. Wow. And if you do something like that for a cookie notice or a GDPR notice, well, Google may say whatever it says, but they think this is fine. So having mm -hmm. a, of course, this is a podcast. You don't know what I'm showing. Just, just mm -hmm. go to in, incognito tab on your, on your uh, phone, go to Google search and search for anything. And you're greeted with a full screen cook. Yeah, terms, I, I guess, is yeah. what I would call it. I'm in EU. That may be mm -hmm. different elsewhere yeah, in the world. Yeah, I haven't seen that. That's I a big, haven't seen yeah. that. Probably. We talked but. about fines in, in, in the EU. Yes. Yeah. So that is fine. Cookie notice like this is fine. And, and, and like this is something that you must have. And the distinction here is that next time that user comes to your website from Google, they're not going to see that same thing. Or maybe they already accepted it. Like this is not an ad that you show to every user on every page. This is completely different. Another scenario uh, where it could be okay to have something like this, if you're selling something that needs or if content that needs age verification, mm -hmm. of course you're like going to show age verification. Door. Let's say yes. Yeah. Let's say it's something like that. Yes. So of course you're going to have that age verification thing. Like who cares about Google if you're breaking a law? I mean. Google breaking laws, let's not get there. But you have to, you have to, even though, you know, I've heard that minors can fake their age when they go to such websites. I mean, it, it's shocking, right? <laughs> so, but you have to show that age verification because without right. it, it, what you're doing is illegal, even though it really makes no sense. Or you have a banner on your page that uses a reasonable amount of screen space. So you have something on top of your page or something like that that's maybe like 20% of the page vertically or a quarter or something like That's not more than half. Let's put it that way. Right. So those that's are when it's fine. Acceptable. That's when it's fine. Yeah. Yep. Those are and just to backtrack a bit. So why suddenly there's this new news about interstitials is because someone asked John Mueller, they were saying on mobile device, interstitial ads are very common or mobile apps, right? So they said that it's a better execution than banner ads because banner ads can affect and bring your content down. So they're trying to ask John if there any change on Google stance on interstitials and what his official statement was, there's really not a change. 
when it comes to interstitials and that intrusive interstitials is still something that we would use as a negative ranking factor, but he did proceed with some ways it can be acceptable. So apart from the cookies and the paywall and the age um, verification, there are, he's saying, there are ways to make it work. And also we want to mention here that mobile interstitials is part of the page experience update. And we know that that's something new that happened this year, 2021. So that includes your core web vitals, which we love talking about, HTTPS, mobile friendliness, and of course, mobile interstitials. So with, I think with just with the page experience, there will probably just be an update, not really a change. But what he's saying is, it's all about the flow of when your user goes to your website from where they searched. So from, from the search results to your website, that is where interstitials will matter. So if someone comes to your website and the first thing that they see is this big interstitial, they can't actually find your content. They have to do another step to find your content. Then that's bad from the user standpoint. So that is unacceptable. But if people can go to your website from search they read a blog and then a few minutes later you show them a pop-up then that's totally fine so it's to simplify things it's really about the flow of your user from search to their how quickly they can access your content and so it's, let me it's let me jump really in common sense there let me jump in it's about the user experience that google's users are getting right they don't care about what happens after they just want that post Google experience to be great. If you mess up with your users five minutes in after browsing and start being annoying, they forgot about Google at that point. They just want going to that G-O-G-E-L-E page and, and from there you click a link and they want that to be as smooth as possible and you to get out of the way. It is okay. as simple as that. It is as simple as that. And when you when they say they want this to be better experience for the users. You have to keep in mind, they're talking about their users. They're not talking about your users. They're your visitors that Google has sent from their pool of users. This is not about you. Again, this is not about you. I, I'm going to say this five more times if I need to, but this is not about you, the site owner. Google doesn't care about anything other than their users being happy and not being annoyed. That's it. Right. Disregarding Google, because I tend to, you know, just think about my users or readers of my content. I mean, when you use a pop-up and I've read some articles about this, most people hate them, but we still use them at some point, either when you're, you intentionally want to download something or you want to um, sign up to someone that you really want to learn from. So that's acceptable. Just think about it when you're going to use an interstitial either for ads or for marketing purposes, for campaigns, for email collection. Just be intentional and think of how your user experience will be. Is it disrupting the purchase cycle? You know, someone is already ready to check out. That doesn't make sense. If someone just 
landed on your blog, and again, disregarding Google, it's not really common practice to to greet your your new customers with a pop-up or with a form. So again, we always go back to the experience when you go to visit an, a physical store, not to buy, but maybe to shop. You don't usually just disrupt the, the flow. You have to let them see your wares and enjoy your content right. and see you know who, what your brand is about then probably suggest some related articles or you know download a book or watch another related video so just be mindful of that right and of course the physical store comparison is great but since this is digital and online and there's no real human interaction as a store owner or someone who manages a website or builds a website, it's easy to forget that there's a human behind that screen and that human can get annoyed. But to, to sort of go to the other side, I was reading years ago, I was reading a list of e-commerce best practices from a, a CXL blog post. And one of them was, and, and best practices, they're not best for anyone. They're just something that you should keep in mind. Let's say that. But one of them said, if you uh, never use pop-ups because they're annoying, and then continuation is said, unless you want to make money. So there's no questioning that these tools work, like these things work. But there are ways to make money through a pleasant user experience as well. And not just let me catch their email and hope that I catch them on the day when they feel bad and want to spend something, treat themselves or whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, you asked me how I felt about pop-ups and interstitials. I'm, I'm just trying not to let it come out of me. Right. And while you're talking, I'm trying to think if there's a recent experience I had where there's the, the website did a really good job of, you know, using an interstitial. And Oh, that would be a great think. poll. That would be a great poll to do, right? Go in the street with a microphone and ask people if they can name one pleasant pop-up experience they've had. Right, How long right. until you find one? And I'm still racking my brain. Maybe I usually, I guess I also use pop-ups because we want to collect, grow our database. But from my experience, maybe if it has been a few minutes that I've spent on the website and then I'm trying to look at different products and there's a live chat that says, do you have a question about the pricing on the page? Feel free to talk to us right now. That, that's, that's different though. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, see, I, I still can't think of an I know. actual example, but I guess. No, no, no. For, uh, well, for that, the question for that street survey that someone needs to do, let's just put it that way. That's Jimmy Kimmel. Guillermo is my pick, not Jimmy. Yes. But ask a person if they can remember an interstitial that showed up as the second they land on a website that was memorable and pleasant for them. So it never happens because I can't think of anything that never ever happens that's the thing even if you're trying to be even if you're a brand that has sort of a quirky user experience that worries about the copy we talk about gooder sunglasses all the time as an yep. example for this I mean even their industry let me try to find what they do 
and, and I'm, I'm firing up my yeah. I just want to explain my side that the reason why it's so hard to think of an example is because we're talking about mobile here where the space is really, really limited. So imagine having yeah. a pop-up there, whatever size it is, if you're not using, you know, the big Apple screens, I don't know what that is, but uh, iPhone 12, maybe it's it doesn't just matter, yeah. so annoying. You want my reflex there is to like the x so that's right you know, i i wasted a few seconds there already no so, pop-ups on gooder no interstitials on gooder you can open there's a bar at the bottom and then you can open sign up for gooder text so that's a good way to handle this but mm -hmm. yeah like you said on a mobile device and we're talking about mobile interstitials because google cares about mobile interstitials and mobile experience more than about desktop experience rightfully so i guess mm -hmm. You go to a page and you get a full page, like for the first time ever, you go to a website and you get a full page interstitial. Where am I? Is this where I was supposed to be? Did I get lost on the way? Was it a wrong link? Like what is happening here? Right. And that's just not good. Not from a Google standpoint, like this is hurting our precious users. No, this is bad for a human being, which is what matters more. For the page experience, period. Right. Yeah, so I guess because you can think of a good example, let's... I want to hear our listeners. Can anyone yeah. give us oh, an God. example of an interstitial they enjoyed? I can't, like, this is like finding a kid that enjoys broccoli. It's not going to be easy to find this example, but I would love to hear that. So if you're listening to this, if you can remember of an interstitial on your mobile phone, even desktop, that you really enjoyed, that you're passionate about, Send it over and join the episode and we'll talk about it. We have a lot, a lot of bad examples, like the one that you shared yesterday. It was for a new site where right. it was just a blank full page. Just an ad, just, just a full page ad. Yeah. That, and then the option is to click to that website to continue. Right, so right. That's very that common no with sense. new sites. That's extremely common with new sites. That's how they make money. This is the premium. So it, it's really about... Do we want to risk it with Google and have someone else pay us like these? Because those ads cost a lot of money, those interstitials right. or make yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So not a fan, never been a fan, never will be a fan. I mean, what what's the point? That's my stance. I agree. So I I would say that this, of course, is you know, something that is a negative ranking factor. But if you really think about it, your goal as a website providing content is to help your users quickly find the answers to their search queries, to their search. So how do you do that? And the simplest way is to provide them direct access to your content. So remember that your goal is to get your content consumed. Otherwise, it's just a waste of time if people bounce because they're greeted with it, like a, you invited a guest to a party and then you lock the doors. So I've never done that, but not just to get your content consumed, also to have users complete a goal that they're here to complete. That could be yeah. reading an article and consuming content. It could be buying something like you could be an online store and have a blog that, that sort of top of the funnel kind of content that's supposed to take them further down the funnel and turn them into customers. <laughs> Interstitials are not going to help. Like, you, of course, if you're a store with a blog, you're not going to have an ad for another store, hopefully. 
but you could have that full page hey leave us your email because we just met and we would like to call you ah doesn't work like that right right and yes this is a ranking factor but also we want to say that your content or the value of your content still matters like if there were I don't know, 100, 200 ranking signals. I think you, the value of your content still ranks higher than the page experience, but still it's worth um, doing. Well, I mean, why not fix these both issues, page experience and making sure that your content is high quality. So that is all I can say. Anything else? before? No, we I'm still trying to think of an, ex still trying to think of an example. And I'll spend a weekend thinking and looking for Pleasant interstitials. I'm I'm going to Google that pleasant interstitials, and I'm a little bit afraid of what that might show up because it sounds like a, like sounds like a band from the seventies. Pleasant interstitials. Right. You're divulging your genre, so I'll leave that with you. But yeah, we can't think of a great example. If you do, please share it with us. And we will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to No Hacks Marketing. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd appreciate it if you can leave a rating on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Visit nohacksmarketing.com to subscribe.